This is Scott Becker with the Becker's Healthcare Podcast. Thrilled today to be joined by a remarkable leader. We're joined today by Patricia Donnelly. Patricia is the CEO of Wellspin's Good Samaritan Hospital. She's going to talk to us about both that hospital, her career, what they're most focused on and excited about this year, and advice for evolving leaders. Patricia, can you take a moment and introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about the hospital? Absolutely, Scott. Thank you so much for having me today. So my name is Patty Donnelly. I'm the president of Wellspan Good Samaritan Hospital. And our hospital is a community hospital. It's located in Lebanon, Pennsylvania. And it's part of the Wellspan Health System, which is comprised of eight hospitals and 222 pa- uh, patient care locations across central Pennsylvania. And, you know, when I look back on my journey into healthcare, I, I started as a nurse and Healthcare wasn't something I always or or really thought about much as a young adult, but it's funny how your perspective changes. When I was younger, uh, my dad got sick, and he was hospitalized several times based on a cancer diagnosis, and he really wasn't in a great place when he was in the hospital, both physically or psychologically, but I remember visiting him. And I recognized how quickly he brightened whenever a nurse walked into the room. And, you know, his whole affect changed when he would talk about the nurses caring for him. I I was studying communications at the time, and I just couldn't get that out of my head. I, I got those visuals in my head every time I'd be going back to college. And I really, I thought a lot about it and I thought that's, that's what I want to do. And it sounds kind of cliche, but I knew, you know, from that point on that I wanted to make that kind of impact. And so here I am, I'm, over 30 years later, I'm serving as the president of the same hospital that my dad received care many, many years ago. And isn't that remarkable? And, and talk about what you just said for a moment, which is in this converse world where there's this evolution of trying to use technology as much as possible because people and staffing for health systems is in short supply. All of us as patients have that exact feeling, have that exact feeling that your father had when somebody's sort of isolated in their own room, disrupted in their own room, you know, it's sort of the highlight of the day or the couple times a day when nurse or part of the team comes in to check on you, what you feel taken care of. And, And it's very hard to, even though we may have to, in part, replace some of that technologically so that there's less demand on nurses, how do you sort of see that evolution? Because to the patient, the machines can read out everything to give information on the floor or at some command center to the nursing team so they know if you really have to come in or not and can be checking vitals constantly where nurses used to do that. But there is that exasperation of that loneliness factor, isn't there, for patients, or that lack of, of whatever you might call it, the endorphin rush when, when the nurse comes in and they fight the dopamine has the nurse coming in and seeing people. Isn't that a fascinating evolution as you talk about that? It really is. And, you know, Scott, I think that I am so passionate and committed to exactly what you're saying. Serving in a community hospital for over 30 years, I think you really feel that in this high-touch kind of community environment where people know each other, and I think you can't replace it. And, you know, as I look back, especially on the last year, and and some of the significant quality milestones that we've achieved here in this, you know, relatively small community hospital in central Pennsylvania, I think it was through, I'm sure of it, that high-touch, personalized care 
that we were able to achieve these milestones. Last spring, we learned that we were awarded a leapfrog A grade from the leapfrog group, and last summer, we were designated as a five-star hospital. But quite honestly, it was a journey to get there. And as I look back on that journey, I think a lot about you know what you're talking about in, ter in terms of the impact that we make to people's lives in a hospital setting or in any care location. And, and I'll, I'll tell you, Scott, I'll never forget, you know, it was a journey because we were, you know, at one point designated a D hospital from the LeapFrog group. And I will never forget when I learned that we had that designation. I was, I felt devastated. I was so disappointed. But I think from that, it be, I really bore, I think, a determination to make change. And I have to say that when you lead a hospital in the town where you grew up, where your family, where your friends, you know, your high school chemistry teacher even receives care, I think you shoulder that responsibility to care a little differently. And so we really began a journey with that first step that we knew we had to reduce hospital acquired infections. But to do that, we had to stop the next one, the next patient that was in front of us. And that became the burning platform that we presented as leaders. We did not want one more patient to be infected in our hospital, not one more. And our team members at the bedside really took it from there. And it was bedside care that made the change that is allowing us to receive the recognitions that we see right now. And I think as I look back, as we embarked on the changes needed, we were really fortunate because we had the culture, the relationships, the high touch of our community hospital, which really enabled us to engage closely with our teams to make those changes. But at the same time, we're in the WellSpan system, which in its core values embraces the community hospital model. So we had this community hospital high touch environment, but then we were supported with really advanced system resources around, like you talked about, technology, around lean, infection prevention, clinical standardization. And I think we were able to synergize both of those things together to create the improvement we needed. And, and our, our people at the bedside were so focused, they were so disciplined and absolutely preoccupied with determining any and all possible causes that a person who walked into our hospital could become infected. And so they tested changes, they integrated new processes. And what was really exciting is that after about a month, you know, they celebrated. And then and then they kept studying and they kept measuring, kept taking care of the patients in front of in front of them. And then at six months, they had no uh, central line infections and they celebrated again. And then a year you know, went by and we had no central line infections. And you know, the team just really got behind it, that it wasn't a number, it wasn't you know, so much maybe the D grade or the CMS star rating, but what it meant to the people we were caring for, the environment of care that we were providing. And I'm so excited that actually, Scott, next week, it's gonna be two years since we've had a central line infection. And it's really been exciting to see that as we provide that care in this community setting through a pandemic when hospitals are incurring higher rates of hospital infections, we continue to maintain exceptional care that keeps our patients and really our community members safe. Thank you very, very much. As, as you talk, it reminds me so much of sometimes the big tertiary care hospitals, the, the most advanced quaternary hospitals, the, the biggest academic medical centers find that there's this real disconnect and they struggle with it of sort of care navigation, patient experience, even though they may give the most advanced care for the most complex diagnoses, they often score so poorly on sort of that human touch, that human feel and, and patient experience. 
Talk a little bit about whether it's a community hospital. That's a real advantage for community hospitals, that ability to be that close to your patients, to take care of them like that, and to navigate and so forth. Any thoughts there? I do think is an, an advantage, and I think if you look at leadership, regardless of the of the healthcare setting you're in, you know, if you're in a tertiary center, you have uh, challenges that you're faced, and when you're in the community hospital setting, you face them as well. But I think our key advantage here is is that high touch environment, seeing the patient that's in front of you as a person. And I can tell you, with our uh, we embrace servant leadership here at Good Samaritan Hospital and across Wellspan, and when you are when you are out on our units and you're seeing the people that we care for and you know them, and you also know our team members as well as we do, it changes the dynamic and I think ability to be able to address any opportunities that you have for improvement like we did with those infections. I think right now we're in so such a challenging time where we need to support our team members, but the instability, you know, the instability of our workforce is, is absolutely a concern across all markets and across all healthcare sectors that I think we, we really need to be focused and, and put attention to. Thank you. And another question for you. One of the questions we often ask is, what advice does someone like you as a nurse, became president, became CEO, as a true leader, would give to evolving professionals? And I did see that you recently went back to high school and you recently talked to, you didn't go to high school yourself, you went to go talk to high school students about their careers and about professionalism and so forth. So whether a high schooler or someone like our producer, a couple of years out of college and brilliant, uh, or, or someone more advanced, what advice do you give to people that are evolving professionals and how much do you love going back to talk at the high school that you grew up in? You know, I think that's such a great question because as leaders, we need to always be evolving, developing, mentoring, guiding the next set of leaders that we are going to be working with. What a great experience it was to go back to the high school where I graduated and to talk to kids who were sitting, I can remember sitting in the seats they were in, talking about my own career, but mostly talking through opportunities that they should they should and can be open to in terms of next steps for their own career. I think the key word to the question that you asked me is how do we evolve? Because I think right now, more than ever, as leaders, whether it's a new leader or a leader like like me who's been in this profession for over 30 years, we need to evolve. And as I said, the instability of the workforce to me, it, it's so challenging right now. And you know, I think about a hospital he, where I am, where our culture, you know, our culture was what we were most pr proud of and continue to be, but it, it's taken a hit. You know, some of the joy is gone as people have left and you know, really felt tired and burned out from the stress and the workload of being bedside caregivers. And so I just look even to myself and how I am evolving. And I can tell you that when I look back on all the work that it took for us to become a CMS five-star hospital and a leapfrog A-grade hospital, I know that here in at Good Samaritan Hospital, we have what it takes to move through this challenge that we're facing right now with our workforce, but we need to evolve. And when I reflect on the process that we engaged in to create safer care, I think we can apply very similar principles to the work that's ahead of us and ahead of any leader, regardless of the tenure in their career. Except today, I believe the challenge is a little different than the one we faced with reducing infections. I think as leaders right now, especially in our hospital, our roles are a little bit reversed as it relates to the improvement that we need. And, and this time, I think our team 
is setting the burning platform. Our team members, the people that are at the bedside are telling us they're tired, they're burned out, and they're telling us that they need change. And I think it's really now up to our leadership team to be singularly focused, you know, really refuse to accept the excuses, use the data, do all the things that we did to reduce infections, and be preoccupied not to lose one more team member from our staff. And so I think to do that, we need to evolve. We need to innovate our care delivery. We always need to be thinking about how we can do things differently and assure that our team members are supported so that we can continue to serve our community with pride. So yeah, I think it, it it's really about how we continue to look at what's in front of us and how healthcare is evolving and make sure that we're evolving with it. Thank you very much. One last question. You went back and did a graduate degree at Vanderbilt. How important is the concept of lifelong learning? Not, not just going back to for that particular graduate degree, but lifelong learning. How important is that to people trying to evolve in their careers and leadership? I think it's absolutely essential, Scott. Something that I've committed to very early in my career throughout each phase and each degree that I learned that I earned was to assure that I was fully prepared to lead the team in front of me. And as we look at the extensive challenges that we face in healthcare, it's been it's been essential for me to continue to go back to school. And so specifically, I went to Vanderbilt because, you know, as you heard from my career, I've been in this community hospital for such a long time. And it's been, it was important to me to learn different perspectives, learn from people across the, really across the globe who are facing healthcare challenges and what innovative and different ways we can do that. And so lifelong learning and whether that's through advanced degrees, formal education like that, or, you know, engaging in networking and learning and different things like, you know, Becker's um, education that's, that's often delivered. I think it's so important for us to be able to do that, to be relevant and to maintain the influence that we have in our roles. Patsy, just fantastic. Patty, just fantastic. What a magnificent career and great leadership. Uh, again, Patty Donnelly, thank you so much for joining us today on the Becker's Healthcare Podcast. Uh, CEO, CEO of Wellspeds Good Samaritan Hospital in Lebanon, Pennsylvania. Beautiful area, actually. Thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you. Thank you for having me today.